Hello everyone and welcome to the last episode of the Milano Radio. Today we'll have our final recap brought to you by Giri and a podcast dedicated to the session. Keep listening to find out more. Hello everybody and welcome to our last, incredible, our last daily recap. I am joined today by Sven. Hi, Sven. Hi, my name is uh, Sven Lee. I am a high school student here in Aalborg, Denmark, who sends the Committee for Culture and Education, CULT, which has just gotten its resolution passed today. And after it's an intense debate and a lot of forward, a lot of debate. Congrats on passing everybody in cult and also congrats to you. Hope Thank you had you. a lively debate. Thank you. So speaking of debating, if you think about, you know, general general assembly being in full swing, is there any special moment you can think of? Any any sort of adjective you could use to describe the debate? What's something that stood out to you that you'd like to share with us today? It's a lot. It's very hectic. It's very passionate. A lot of people are incredibly passionate for their work and to improve others' work, which makes these ping pong debates so much more interesting to observe as uh, either as the person who participates or as a spectator, seeing all of these people work so hard uh, for to improve our societies is a absolutely magnificent outlook. Couldn't agree with you more, and especially with the new GA procedure we have where committees get to implement amendments they've gotten from other people. What do you think about that? Because I think oh, it's lovely. It's incredibly lovely. You can't get it. It's 100% right at the first attempt. But you can... We didn't need amendments at cult. But if you, have, if you realize something might not fit just for an oversight or something, having this little five-minute to ten-minute amendment session is... Great to improve the quality of your procedure, the quality of your proposal. Wise words. Is there anything that made you laugh? Any memeable moment? Ooh, memeable moments. I know a lot about memes, but I honestly am more happy than laughing because it was all very respectful. It was all very... Everyone had dignity when they talked about debates and seeing this dignity and seeing this and seeing how much people worked for this made me more happy than laughed anything. Again, excellent point made. We're not debating for the sake of debating. We're making constructive criticisms here and valuing everybody's opinions. Yeah. Okie dokie. Sorry, did you, did you want to add uh, something? Uh, no, 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 no. I was completely in agreement with what you were saying. <laughs> we seem to be on the same wavelength here. Just throw it back to you for one last time. Is there anything else you want to say? Anybody you want to shout out? People you want to thank? Now is the time. I want to shout out to my entire committee and everyone who has been part of it, who has helped bring our proposals to life. Thanks to Ilya for leading the cold committee and unifying this ragtag group of students from all across Europe, from Armenia to England, for, so we could make our proposal and we could and submit it for to make a better European future.
Welcome back, everybody. I have a second guest here with me today. It is the lovely Mustafa. Hello. Hello. Yeah, as you said, I'm Mustafa. I'm from the committee MV1. I am originally from Syria, actually. I've been in, however, I've been in Poland for over four years right now, studying in university, doing computer science. And yeah, that's it about me. That's impressive enough already. That's yeah. quite, quite a lot. I mean, uh, when I came to here to Poland, it was a bit of a cultural shock for me. As like I came from a different culture, and everything here was different. Like literally everything. I did not speak the language. I did not speak English either back then, so I had to learn it in Poland as well. So it was a bit difficult in the beginning, but it got better. And actually, like I'm really enjoying Poland. Well, so in a matter of a very short time, you basically started learning two languages. That is incredibly impressive. Yeah, like I turned out that I actually have a thing for languages. I really love languages and uh, I've learned few others uh, with time, but like I focus on, on English mostly because, well, it's commonly used. I think you're not the only one in, in the EYP who's obsessed with languages here. If you look around, yes. everybody speaks in like from my perception, at least a, like at least a handful of languages. So you'll fit in perfectly. Yeah, I, I've met a lot of people like I've been in three sessions so far. This is the third one. And honestly, like when I am with my friends in university and talk about languages, they cannot relate that much. However, the people I'm meeting in EYP sessions, all of them like, yeah, that's like, that's the basic thing that you love languages. Of course, not everyone, but mostly. A big majority. I agree. Yes. <laughs> So circling back to what we spent most of our time in the past few hours, we've been debating a lot, or you have been debating a lot. I've been mostly just enjoying listening to everybody's points. But with the first day of G8 taking almost six and a, between six and a half and seven hours, yeah. I think it was, what was your favorite moment of all of those debates? What, what comes to uh -huh. mind? The most Memorable moment would be when we had the committee buff and Thanos took it to, a, to the second, to another level. I think, I'm assuming you're referring to his puns. Yes, definitely. Like me and my committee, like just writing, we are just dying because of them. <laughs> that man knows what he's doing. He is. He does. Uh, so in... I have a second question for you. In the words of Tobias, thinking back to GA, what would you say was your biggest learning moment? Oh, okay. There is no such thing as an easy committee that they have an easy topic. Everyone like has a very complex topic, let's say. I myself, like honestly, did not expect that. that I mean, I knew that it's not that easy. However, I did not expect it to be that complex as well. Like for each topic there was like some controversial points for all of them which is like one of the best thing in middle know sessions so far for me like the way they picked the topic was just amazing like everything was very controversial and like people and people had opinions on it like most of the participants in my not only my me or my or my committee most of the participants are just actively participating in it and they have like i am just overwhelmed with their opinions and how good it is like it's so much things to comprehend at one point, and the other thing is just impressive. I second that. And also, I think that's what we 
as young Europeans need. What we want to avoid is being passive. We want to be active citizens who form their opinions and then also act on those opinions. Definitely. Like, I think everyone who is in the EYB generally or whatever, like, you know, social or young organization are like, their goal is to be active because they know there's a problem and they, and they are trying to tackle this problem, to solve it somehow. Even though um, there's a lot of, I myself, I am 20 years old. However, my first time I participated, I, I, I believe I was 17. There are people who are 16 or even younger, and which is just amazing. I think it's, it is time for young people to, because, well, we've seen what the other generation has done so far, and I'm not going to go there. However, like, I think we need to be active. It's not an option, more of like an obligatory thing to do, sadly. And with that, I will leave you with a call to action. Let's everybody stay or get active. And I thank exactly. you so much for, for joining, joining me here today. And I open the stage to you to offer up any last words. I don't know. Like I am just, I would just say that I, uh, I did not expect that digital session to go as smooth as it did. I have like a big thanks for the, all the ORC teams. They just done an amazing, an amazing job. Honestly, like one of my concerns was the technical issues. There was some, but honestly, considering our situation, they did an amazing job and I'm just so grateful for them as I'm sure every participant in that. Hello everyone, I'm Oa and welcome to Milano Evolution Podcast in which I'm gonna talk with our project managers, Elena. Hello. And Katerina. Hello, everyone. So I would like to ask you a few questions regarding your work on this incredible project, which is Milano International Session. So first of all, how did it all start? Okay, so how did it first start? It started three years ago in June 2018, when three girls decided to apply to a bid to host the International Session back in Milan for the first time since 1995. So we had to develop this financial logistical organizational document, which was the first major obstacle, let's say, that we had to face because we had to demonstrate to have a very clear vision of how we would imagine these 10 days with 300 participants coming from all over Europe. And I still remember when we got the result of the bid, it was August 1st, it was the day of my birthday, we were all on the phone, we were called by Anya, uh, and she and she told us and we started screaming on the phone. And then after that, it was just one, almost, yes, a year and a half of hard work, 19, nine core team members, 33 organizers working tirelessly in six departments, trying to think of every possible detail developing partnerships that were not just financial but that were technical that supported us on a human level we organized trainings it was a very long process and then uh, we all know what happened last year uh, one month before the event so we had to push through another year and and so yes it's been three years that this has been going on is it very incredible that you worked on this event for three years because it's a very, very long time and the results is very inspiring and I'm personally very enjoying this session. It's an amazing experience. Even though it's digital, it still brings this EYP vibe and it's always a pleasure to join every call and every activity during this session. So now I wanted to ask you what 
initially inspired you to organize this session? Yeah, so the as Katrina mentioned, the journey um, started uh, back two years ago. And personally, so just to give you a bit of background, we started in three and Katrina and Gloria were organizing together a national session in Milan. And that was uh, part of the national committee responsible for the session. So it's where I actually met Kate for, for the first time. So they decided to apply for the bid and I, they asked me to be the, um, let's say the national coordinator for the project. And I, I started writing the bid with them. And then I remember asking myself, don't you want to, to be part of the event as a project manager with them, which um, was ambitious by my side. So I, I remember that that night, like I was having these thoughts and I, and I had the deadline to, to ask them if they want me on board, because eventually the, the last uh, say was, uh, was uh, by their side. So I remember we went for a beer with my mom and I, uh, I asked my mom, like, what do you think? Do you think that I should ask her? Because I, I, I don't want to, to seem not humble. And at the same time, I think that if I don't ask them to, um, bring me on board, I would regret it forever. And I remember she said, like, just, just, just ask it, but just be humble and, uh, and, and be ready to accept a, a no as an answer because they have all the rights to, to say no. So, um, I asked them and they, they actually took me on board. So what inspired me personally, and then I will, I will leave the floor to Caterina, was actually them, was Caterina and Gloria and seeing the work they carried out for, uh, for the Milano national session and the potential they had for, uh, something more for, for an IS. So everything started, uh, from, from people for me. And in this case was, uh, was their work. Okay. So. I have to say that one of the most impactful moments of my life as a young teenager was participating, of course, in my first ever session of the EYP, but then the international session I, I had the chance to participate in in Leipzig. I had never been to Germany. I had never been out of Italy. And it, it just completely opened my eyes also in, in terms of personal potential. Like I really never even imagine that I could be involved in such a, in, in such a platform, in such an organization. I, I didn't even think that I could voice my, my opinion and my, and my concerns, let's say, and my, and my ideas on certain topics and that they would be listened to and valued so much. So it really boosted my confidence as a, as a young 17 year old and it just then also shaped my my academic path from then onwards when I decided to go study economics. That was the main reason was to understand what was going on in the world. I, I just felt like I was missing the, the basis to really understand certain social phenomena, certain political phenomena. So my international session, uh, my first one was a really eye-opening experience and what really... Um, was the driving factor for me with the Milano International Session was the idea to give that same experience to other 200 young participants, hoping that it would, it would make them really, it would build their confidence, make them believe in themselves and, um, and shape their vision in a, in a new way. It's very, very beautiful and inspiring that you're doing it mostly for the participants and to inspire them and to, 
to give them this chance to experience what you experienced back in the day on your inter first international session. But still, it's, it's very, very inspiring. And maybe someone who is now listening to this podcast in the future also going to be project managers for the international session as well. That gives me the chills. The, the idea that one of the participants right now could be the, the future project manager of a, maybe the 100th IS of the EYP or something like that gives me the chills. When was the moment you realized that Milano is happening and how did you feel about it? Was there such moment? Probably yes. <laughs> So it's difficult to answer because uh, considering that we are recording the podcast in in the middle of the session, I still feel overwhelmed and I, I'm I'm not realizing what we created and uh, and yeah of course like the opening ceremony was uh, was the moment in which we realized like you know like uh, the official start of the session, um, but still like I think considering that we we always looked um, at our team. With a, with a particular attention for, for me specifically, the salty moment was not really when I realized it, but when my team realized it for me. So, uh, when the excitement really grew in the chat and in general, like in our calls, when they were really like, this is happening. And, and they were asking us, do you realize like this is happening? And, and we were like, do we realize it? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that we're going to realize it, realize it just, uh, uh, just after the session, because eventually when we're not going to have it anymore, we're going to feel the, the lack of it. So I don't even know if I realized that Milan was happening. I was completely overwhelmed by by emotions and, and, and feelings. And I have to say also a, a great sense of accomplishment. Maybe uh, it was the other day in, in uh, your media team project room when we had the chance to meet. I always talk about this now. When we had the chance to just very spontaneously start talking around what was it like six o'clock at, at night after all the activities, start talking with uh, with all the delegates and all the officials in one room, and it was a very open conversation. It was. It, I felt like I I was meeting the people that. I kind of thought I already knew because you're, you're working on this project for so long for some people that you start imagining them and you start thinking that they, they should already know who you are, but, but they don't. And so it was just very, very real for, for being, um, a digital encounter. And I just, I'm also feel very affectionate now to some faces of some delegates, obviously all the officials I admire so much and, and seeing the delegates was really wonderful. So I think that moment was quite striking for me. Actually, was there a point that you thought that it is not worth working on this project anymore? Because you faced many obstacles because the session was supposed firstly to be physical and then it was supposed to be hybrid. And eventually we ended up at a digital session. So probably you faced many obstacles and also issues. So was there any point when you felt that it's not worth working on it anymore? Mm, yes, definitely. I remember when um, when we had to decide whether to shift online or, or basically cancel the event because uh, that there was no other option. I remember this um, this message I, I sent Katrina, like, uh, and I tell her, Kate, I 
I can't do anymore. Like I, I can't bear all the stress and I don't think we're going to make it. And, and actually I think this really, um, this really summarized the power of a message because I remember Katerina, uh, answering me, we're going to make it, but we're going to make it together. Um, and that message for me was, uh, first of all, like she recalls me the sense of responsibility, uh, since I took a, a responsibility with this project and I wanted to bring it to, to the end. But at the same time, the, the feeling that I was not alone and that, uh, she won me there. So both the feeling of I have to do it for her, but at the same time, I have to do it for me because I, I took a responsibility and I want to stick to it. So I, I can easily say that I, I will not be here if it was if it uh, for Katerina. Like I I think I would have already um, been gone for for quite a while, but but she kept me here, and for that I will be always grateful because now that we are seeing the, the session happening, like I I couldn't be happier, and um, and and that's why I think that 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 was really the the turning point, not only in terms of. Uh, of project managing, but even in terms of uh, our friendship. Wow. So if we go back a year now, so actually a little bit more, 14 months ago, the pandemic, which was a first experience for everybody, really had forced us to shift and redimension our perspective. So we had to deal with the event not happening. But then again, we had to contextualize that in what was happening in the world. So we decided to act with as much uh, advancement as possible. We didn't want to be unprepared and having to cancel the event waiting last minute. So we acted uh, a lot in advance. I think we canceled the session like around mid-March or so. Uh, even before that, it was in our minds, and then we officially canceled in mid-March. So I guess we knew about it starting the end of February. And it was it was tough to see everything that you had worked for for the past ye two years back then completely crumble in front of you where there's nothing you can do. And we obviously had no certainty for the future. So we had to uh, confront a very tough period in terms of, of team management between the following three months. And I have to say that we have never been closer as a team. So after this, these circumstances, we just knew that we had to, to, to build our team up and find the glue that kept us together. And that was not so much the project and the event per se, but it was the mission that we had managed to create and build throughout the, the year. So what kept us together at the end, the, the motto of the session, it wasn't hosting uh, finding, I don't know, 15 committee rooms in beautiful buildings or choosing the perfect catering. It was, it was way more than that. So then after this whole crisis management where the funny thing is, is that Ellen and I, it really didn't matter so much if Ellen and I decided to, to commit or not to this transformation because we needed the whole team. This would have not been possible without the whole organizing team, the whole academic team, the whole media team. So it was either all in or all out. There was really no in between. And it was all in. It ended up being all in. Of course, we lost just a couple of people, but 
the support that we got from our team and how much they believed in the project was was really important for us. And of course, um, we were scared. We had to be courageous. We had no idea what the digital setting was going to mean, but we knew that it, it would be a start for a very important innovation. And we didn't know how long the pandemic was going to last. So we didn't want to just be, to have to, sub, um, how to say, to have to lose in front of a pandemic. So for us, there was really, I had I have to say no other choice. And I, I feel so proud of the whole team and, and of Elena. And we, we really suffered a lot through this whole process. We really did. Um, but I think I would do it again with her and with everybody by her side, especially the core team and, and Elena. I, I really don't know. Of course, it wouldn't have been possible without all of us there. So I'm so proud and, and grateful for everybody. You went through so many hardships while working on this event. And it's so amazing that it's actually happening now and you are really enjoying it. And you also answered my the next question I wanted to ask you, which was what kept you going? And you mentioned several times that you supported each other on this journey. And it's just very, very beautiful and heartwarming that, that you supported each other on this way and that you reached this goal and that the session is actually happening. But was there anything else that kept you going? And what was your source or inspiration and power to work on this project apart from each other's companion and support? Is there such thing? Maybe no. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I, I, I think <laughs> there are multiple things. So as I mentioned before, a sense of commitment, which, uh, for me was, was crucial because, uh, it, it's a principle I really believe in and I wanted to stick to it. But at the same time, I mean, the, the support from, from the partners was, uh, was unbelievable. And at that point, when, when you find yourself in the middle of a pandemic, something that we couldn't even imagine some couple of, of, of years ago, see that the, that eventually we were all human beings, no? Um, so apart from the title CEO or uh, any kind of position you can cover in a company, still there was a, an attachment and I would say an emotional attachment to the project. So they pushed us to continue not only like encouraging us, but like really making themselves available. Thank you so much for being here with me. Bye. Thank you for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this virtual journey to Milano with us. Stay safe and see you somewhere in Europe.